1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.
2: Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport Radio, and there be a saying in certain Premier League parts, and that saying, gents, be a long come Norwich. Now, bear with me. (laughs) Bear with me. There is a link coming up. I have to say there is a link coming up. I can't wait. Well, the saying, of course, (laughs) is attributed to records that need to be broken or started or ending or wherever it may be. That's what the saying is attributed to. So, a long come Norwich to lend a helping hand or on occasions an unhelpful hand. Dare I say it, chaps? Dare I say that a long come Chelsea? I don't know if you look yeah, at West Ham, if you look yeah, at Everton, yeah, yeah, if you look
0: at I know, Bournemouth. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, we seem to be the, 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 the run-enders, don't we, at the moment? Yeah. It's really, really bizarre. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I I'm sure, actually, if you went and looked back statistically, this would be a load of bunkum. But I always get the feeling it's a bit like when, whenever we play a team that's got a new manager, I always think we're going to lose. I mean, obviously that happened against Everton. It's the same with you know teams that have been on oh, an bad, appalling run, bad runs. Yeah. And I always feel that this has been going on for years at Chelsea. But I mean, in a weird old sense, we're kind of back. Uh, Many people would think after the uh, recent events, we've gone back to the 70s or the 80s uh, in life. But I, I think Chelsea, in a sense, have gone back to the kind of the 90s where we would like, beat the best teams in the league but lose to the worst. And that's what we've always done. It's a Chelsea thing. Yeah, it's that- history and tradition, actually. Yeah, you right. should respect it, mate. Hey,
2: listen, I'm <laughs> respecting it. I'm respecting it like no other, of course. On this, <laughs> I should say, speaking of chatting Bunkham, yes. the Chelsea fan show here on Love <laughs> Spot, me Matt Boodle with Stamford Church, of mm. course. And Dan Silver. Jets. Kiddo, kiddo. Oh,
0: no, 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 kiddo, tonight. He's he's singing in the carols or something. Is he carol Is it? singing? It's some sort of singing. I don't know. He's singing off, for off, his suffer? Off with his daughter or something. Yeah. Bless yes, him. That he does sing. not surprise me. If, he'll probably be listening. He'll probably be in the middle of a church somewhere with his phone dialed no, in. He'll, to he'll, he'll be on the stage sport. over. He will. He'll probably phone in in a minute. I've just come out for this quick break from the Carol thing. Yeah. I thought I'd give you all a ring. <laughs> Do you know, Do well, you if you know? want
2: to ring, anybody else would like to ring. Oh two eight seventy twenty five five eight. You can WhatsApp us on that number or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Now, gents, we are nearly a week on, of course, from that defeat to Bournemouth and. We're not going to dwell on it too much, but that is four defeats in five now. To be fair, not outplayed by Bournemouth side. Only two shots on target, yeah. I think, for I Bournemouth. Know, I mean, and when we talk about runs ending or starting, Bournemouth, to be fair, not the worst record at Stamford Bridge in Premier League history.
0: Bit of a bogey side, yeah. I think, they'll be becoming that way. Three wins out of the last four. Mm. I mean, mm. they've got the hoodoo over us. We were talking earlier on, weren't we, about our oh, dear, dear buddy, Paul Mortimer, who uh, I, I do a show with on a Sunday morning. He's, uh, you know... Paul, Paul, long-suffering Paul Mortimer, I should probably say. But I've had a chat with him about this over the last few weeks, actually. And, I mean, you know, I, I respect Paul as a former, you know, Premier League player. And he was wondering this a few weeks ago. He's saying, oh, he said, mate, I think you might get found out at home. You know, a lot of these sides are going to, you know, pack pack the defence, ten men behind the ball, stop the supply from midfield, frustrate you. And I, I fear he may have got that absolutely on the money because it – it, that, that performance against Bournemouth, Dan, was redolent of, of a lot of what we've seen, n- not just in the recent past, but longer than that. Uh, you know, if, funnily enough, because we've got Spurs coming up this week, and of course that 0-0 against Spurs years ago, when Parking Mourinho... Yeah, you know, it's been a long-standing feature, that faced with that, without a player like Hazard, for example, who could do something wonderful and magical, Chelsea seem to struggle to be able to break teams down and find a way. And they've struggled to find a way against Bournemouth although they hadn't again they had enough chances I mean that's
3: the biggest issue I mean we're so we're quite quite predictable to play against quite you know in in recent Mm. years really since probably you know the the Carlo double side was if we can't score an early goal we get frustrated and passes go astray and every time we play a goalkeeper turns into Gordon Banks don't they 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 always become like incredible I mean David Martin West Ham I know it's going back a bit he hadn't played in the Premier League makes his debut we don't test him no We don't test it.
0: Well that that's the that's you know, I I I need to, to kind of talk to the people who really know their onions tactically. You know, I, I don't even even have my FIFA 19 badges, let alone UEFA badges. But I, I'm not an idiot. I've seen mm. a lot of football, and what I would say is, I don't think we work the keeper enough. I think we create a lot, but we don't make the keeper work. We don't shoot enough. So I mean, we just do not shoot. The amount of times we get in a position where we should shoot, and there's one more
3: pass, and like Pulisic is guilty of that quite often. He'll he'll go in, he'll do one more shimmy, or put it back on his left foot, and then the chance is gone. Try and walk it into the net. Yeah, you have a shot? It's like it's like the Arsenal. Our people, you know, Arsenal criticism was they always try to pass it and get the perfect goal Mm. have a shot I don't know why they
0: do that though it's I can't understand that.
3: It's weird. Have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, everyone's trying to be Barcelona ten years ago. You know, pass, 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 pass,
0: goal. But this is what I mean. Yeah. I, I would love to talk to some, some, you know, ex-pros who really know the game and mm. try and understand why that happens because it's become a real feature of this season. I mean, there are there are two things, really, aren't there, Matt? It's not just up front where we're just not clinical enough. It's at the back where we make mistakes. And I remember earlier on in the season we were all moaning on this particular programme. About zonal marking, remember that? Mm. You know, it's not they. They don't seem to have a problem there anymore. But they just concentration, soft, soft
3: goals. I mean, it was make mistakes. Yeah, the Bournemouth goal was soft.
0: You yeah. know, you know everyone It was just a
2: slight lapse but, in concentration, yeah. I think, wasn't it?
3: And then everyone, the flag goes up, and you're because you're, you're up that way,
2: you play stop. to the
3: whistle, Dad. Yeah, but you, the thing is that, you know this whole generation of players have bought to the point where the flag goes up mentally, you just stop because you think it's going to be offside. Now the whole VAR thing, it may be another generation of players before we actually. They'll carry on playing to the whistle. Cause clever I thought, oh, goal, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, clever. I mean, you know, it took it very well, good finish. But you're like, I was, oh, it's offside, great. And then I'll, it's VAR. Oh, great. Okay, it's going to be a goal. And you can tell within about 15 seconds, it's going to be a goal here because it's like, oh. It's, it's not clear and obvious, obviously. I, I, I
2: don't know why it took so long, by the way. It, it should have so just been like that. first replay
3: was oh, onside.
2: Yeah, and listen, that's an, that's an issue for another time. We're yeah. not going to rant about VAR right now. But I would like to know, gents, if in the stadium... Now, this is something I've always moaned about, of course, that it just completely ruins the moment. But I have to say, for the first time, I think, ever since it's been implemented... And you could maybe look at Acho's winner for Leicester against Everton maybe as being another example when he scored right yeah. at the death but it did feel like the celebrations were similar or even the same to what they would have been had it just been well, a goal think, that was given well, without when, VAR when from when it was
3: VAR offside I think, I think Dan Gosling headed hands I was offside and then suddenly was like oh okay they're checking this so there was that kind of natural reaction to, to celebrating a goal because he was very clearly oh, I was offside it's oh VAR well, let's see what happens he, I don't know I mean I'm, I I'm, on TV he's like head, head, head in his hands I like, was oh, offside okay really? fair enough okay. It's, you know I actually forced myself to watch match today when I got in so I wanna see what it's all about. And he just kinda was of oh, offside. Then it's like, okay, they, they go back for a, what's gonna be a free kick to Chelsea. And then oh it's a goal. And then it's like, okay, there's five minutes to go, we get to get a win at Chelsea, then you yeah, know, fantastic celebrations, mm. you know. It's I mean, for me I just listen, VAR could be an entire show. Debating, you know, the you know the good and the bad of it, but I just think it just kills the game personally. Yeah, it, but, it but, absolutely but it was yeah. the right decision. Yeah, yeah it, it was the right decision, absolutely.
2: And that's where I, that's where I've said it before. It can, it can work that way, but again, it should have been a far quicker than what it actually was. Speaking, it's, sorry, go on.
3: I was, saying, it was clear and obvious. It should be done in ten seconds, not in two yeah, minutes. It
2: was clearly yeah. onside. It shouldn't yeah. have taken so long, but it did, and that is just unfortunately the way football is, is now with regards to Frank Lampard and his. Reactions, I suppose. And we spoke about this last week as well, gents, in the sense that he's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. It's not a reality check for me because I expected this. I said, well, when we went on this long run, it wasn't okay. And he's kind of now proving his point a little bit, isn't
3: he? He's always been very adamant that the, in about where we are. And that the fact, we've had seven, seven wins. Fantastic. But that's, you know, we've maybe it flattered to see a little bit because we, we weren't apart from wars. I don't think we really putting teams to the sword. We just, you know, Scraping wins, and I think he's always said we're a work in progress. You know, we're doing brilliantly well. We're ahead of the curve, and this is a reality check. We're still a long way from the finished article. In fact, Frank, I think knows that, and I believe he's instilling that into the team. He's, he's. I said last week. I think he's very much like you know. He's got a you know iron fist and a velvet glove. He talk he talks so well. Post match interviews, you know, he, he very, very honest, doesn't you know, he? Very, actually. Yeah, he's very honest. He's, listen, he's he's won it all. He's, he he know mm. he knows about it. He's played in some phenomenal teams throughout his career. So he knows what we need to do to win. And yeah. we're, we're a long way from that line, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, we Despite we ha- seven wins.
0: I mean, you could say that we've been a long way from where we used to be in terms of some of the great teams that we've had. But being Chelsea, we cover it up by winning stuff still because mm. we just Last had this unbelievable season. ability to win trophies. And also, as I said, we've had players like Hazard who, you know, they're rare. When you get a player who can turn a game on his own Rescue, you know, when you're in a ticky game where it's going to be nil-nil, can come up with that goal. They're rare, and we've had a player like him for a, quite a while, yes. so I think Seven, he's yeah. he's probably papered over some of the cracks too. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think Frank can look at that team and say that and this is nothing like, say, the team that I had anywhere between you know, 2004 and 2012, really. I get the Champions League, I mean, that was a, you know, it wasn't Arguably uh, the worst team we had in the competition yeah, was, up to run. Yeah.
3: You know, the Napoli game, you know, Ashley Cole clears the ball for Lionel yeah. Naples and that just gives us that chance and then, you know, Benfica were hanging on for dear yeah. dear life. So, you know, we we haven't really, I mean, I think the whole, I think the Richard's you know, Change a little bit, trying to stick to FFP, and suddenly, you know, from being the team that goes out and spends, you know, buys short Mike Phillips so Arsenal can't get him. That Those days have gone, and I think we've been, you know, taken over by, you know, City, for example, who now have got what I believe is a really phenomenal structure in place from top to bottom. We should have done that. We should have, we were the first team with a serious oligarch spending money, and we didn't, it was, it was hit, not hit and miss, but we didn't really kind of. No forward planning, you know, John Terry was coming at the end. Did we bring in like a Vinnie nice. company or did we bring in Virgil van Dyke to replace him? There no. hasn't been any serious planning for replacing that incredible spine like Peter Cech, Ashley Cole. Nope. We've not replaced Ashley Cole, nope. left back mm. since he's gone. You nope. know, J- JT. okay, JT's a you know, he's an anomaly 'cause someone like Kim's a once in a lifetime sort of player. But we could have we could have bought Van Dyke three years ago.
0: He was a star player then. Yeah, but People... that, that wasn't their their mm. business model. I think I think two things Happened. I mean, we know about this. Yeah. You know, one on the one hand, uh, you know, when when AVB came in, we started buying very different kinds of players. Mm. There was the whole hoo-ha about getting some of the old legends out who were deemed to have too much power. We started getting these smaller kind of tick a type players, Barcelona light style, yeah. and at the same time, uh, you know, the club went onto a footing of trying to break even and not not basically uh, yeah. as as a certain. Uh, Politician might say spaffing it all up oh, yeah. the wall. You I mean, know,
3: you look at the players like Mesay Mata, Oscar, and Hazard, and you kind of think, well, that's 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 three Pep Guardiola players. Yeah. I think I think Roman put all his eggs in the Pep
0: basket. I think because we're a basket case for club, I don't think Pep fancied it, and he went to Munich. I mean, what interests me, you know, talking about this kind of in the in the in the wider context. You know, we always look at the, the, the team that Mourinho built and, of course, you know, the core of that with the legendary players of Czech Ashley Cole, John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier Drugger, et cetera, et etc., etc., are such a great team. Mm. And yet, that team that won the title with Conte, I mean, that was phenomenal what they did. That I mean, turnaround. Conte, well, and the, you yeah. s- consider how poorly they started, but in terms of where they finished up at the end of the season, how dominant that team was, I mean, that was frightening and yet you wouldn't you wouldn't i wouldn't sit there and say well that's a great chelsea team yeah, yeah Mark, i agree Marcus with you alonso bolton Sunderland reject yeah essentially i think I mean. even
2: when you go back as far as ancelotti to an extent his last title that he won at chelsea it's almost like he eked out the last yeah, treasures had of had that side team. we had like anelka
3: yeah. maluda that i mean he got the an anelka, maluda job we playing phenomenal yeah I mean, was, we were scoring sevens and eights yeah so frequently that was a, that was a, that was probably the last dominant team we had because i think we put united United away two one and
0: yeah. that kind of gave us the league. But I mean, the last I mean, you know, the the last hurrah for the for the great team that Mourinho built was the Champions League yeah. final. Yeah, and then maybe like the afterthought was the Europa League
3: the following well, season. I,
0: I, I, yeah, well, you know, but that without
3: Dimitro they never did they did not want to give Dimitro the job, but they had to because of Champions yeah. League, and he was he was found out fairly quickly by sort of November
0: time. We got beat by Juventus. It, and... it does tickle me pink as I was thinking about this because I'm gonna I'm gonna be popping out a. a you know Chelsea decade article coming soon, folks, to a football. dot london near you. Um, but it really amuses me that that Chelsea won the Champions League and then later on in the decade won two European two further European trophies, but with the two most loathed managers in their history.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only, Chelsea only Chelsea can do, Chelsea do that. I mean, we just it's mad, it's crazy times.
0: Only Chelsea,
2: yeah. absolutely, gents. And speaking of the Champions League, of course, the draw has mm, been made. Chelsea. It is Bayern Munich. We'll be speaking all about that after this on the Chelsea Fan Show on Last Sport. Love Sports. It's a Chelsea fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with Stanford Chidge and Dan Silver of the Chelsea fan cast. Gents, we were speaking about Champions League before the ads. By Munich are the team, and we hark back to seven years prior and the wonderful memories of the Alliance, of course, beating them on their mm. own patch. Is it going to be the same again, Dan? No. <laughs> You're two legs this time. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. I mean. <laughs>
3: It's going to be a really tough I mean, because we came second, we knew we were going to get a really tough game. I mean, even if we got Leipzig, that's still be a tough, tough one. I mean, but then. Leipzig are top of the Bundesliga. Yeah, they're the a good it, side. Good luck with that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, who knows? I mean, this is Chelsea. It's glorious unpredictability, to quote Mr. Worrell. You never know what you're going to get. I mean. It's quite Forrest Gump, as well. Isn't yeah. It? Life's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Stupid is the stupid does. That's right. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's just going to be a really, really tough I am game. I'm not a smart man, but I know about Chelsea. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a really <laughs> tough game.
3: It's going to be good for the you know the, the youth to to kind of you know cut the mustard against you know some of the best players yeah. in the world. I and mean, we got Lewandowski, who's got. You sound like, a bit defeatist here, Dan. He
0: does, doesn't he? I mean, come man, come man. on, up, mate. What, what,
2: what's wrong with you? Why are you suddenly thinking that it's a foregone conclusion had, that Bayern are going to win this I game? I didn't
0: say that. I said, listen, Spurs. Just because Jonathan's not here, you don't have to adopt his position, tr- mate. Yeah, you know Well, I
3: think we're going to do him. I mean, in fairness, you know, <laughs> he, it as we do better than Spurs losing seven two at home. I'll be happy.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, th-
3: I think we'll be. I think we might get a positive result
0: at home. I think mm. we might get like a two one. Mm. I think it's too early to tell. I think the, tr- the trouble with, I mean when the draw came out I, I was genuinely really pumped for it actually yeah. you know we have a we have an interesting rivalry with bayern munich not least because of the champions league in 2012 frank lampard arguably his greatest ever moment in his chelsea career well his goal yeah of against course, Oliver I was, god i was well, there wow well again i was I there beat for him that. and Balak yeah. died for penalty yeah yeah mm-hmm. which and, and Man, Darren mantle's never forgiven him for that yeah he, even when he joined us yeah. but i mean you know Frank was captain that night in, in the Allianz, uh in 2012. It, it just seemed like serendipity. And I actually thought, you know, considering who we could have got, PSG, I've had enough uh, of playing yeah. PSG. Mm-hmm. We could have got Barcelona. Uh, no, not again. They, they've they got that, got our number at the moment. Uh, and we used to have a really good record yeah. against them hitherto. Juventus, you know, that would have Sarri. been a nightmare with Sarri. We all knew, know what would have happened there. So I actually think that all things considered that we were going to get a tough draw by Munich who are something like 5th in the Bundesliga at the moment got a I mean a, hilariously enough got a, got a manager called Herr Flick it couldn't, couldn't be better could it Hansi Hansi hello, Flick hello, hello. Who, yeah. who may or may not even be there and that's my point it's too early for us to even begin yeah. to think about it because this match isn't going to be played until February 25th and March the 18th and mm. a lot might happen a lot before then be our form might have absolutely bombed or it might have got better we might have signed some new players that will strengthen the side Bayern Munich's one might have got better. They, I mean, who knows? It's, there's a month, couple of months away yet, so a lot of water has to go under the bridge until then. But I'm, I'm okay with it. You're going to play a good good side. Yeah, absolutely. you're going to win it, you've got to play good sides. it be great for the kids to learn.
2: I've got to ask you as well, Chidge. Now, you often speak about the 2008 Champions League final and the fact that you weren't able to watch it because you were helping a comedian I was at the filming
0: time. Uh, a concert with Ricky Tomlinson, <laughs> who you would have thought, as a Liverpool fan... Would have been somewhat sympathetic to my cause. Was he hell? Really, a miserable, cantankerous old you know what? Mm. Brookside yes. reject. <laughs> Blimey, it was yeah. awful. I never, I've never, i still not seen the whole match. Have you not? Nope. No, I was see, devastated. I, see, I've got yeah. a thing about this, and
2: I, I can't I, believe. I, it. I understand your reasoning. Yeah. Now, with regards to not watching the whole match, I'm a true believer, a firm believer, that you need to watch the defeats, the terrible times, in order to justify
3: the good times. We I feel had, like we, we had by doing that, you then years, help the good times we come. We had years of doing that live. We don't need to <laughs> watch the <a> Champions <laughs> League <laughs> final. We do well, be sure. Exactly. Uh, but we so get, were getting beat by Scunthorpe and Scarborough yeah. and Oxford yeah. and teams like that, so I don't need to go and watch a, yeah. a Champions League final that had Drogba not hit the post or got sent off. We might have won. It was It was horrible. I mean... You know, Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, mean,
2: the, I, I understand. I understand. But what I was going to get to was your memories, because while we're t- while we're talking about it, it's nice to bring a bit of positivity. It's Christmas yeah, after yeah, all. Yeah. yeah. Twenty twelve. Your memories, gents. Did you watch all of that one, Chidge? I was there. Watch all of what one? 2012? I was there, man. There you here. go. Yeah,
3: I remember the day so clearly. And I think my first day back at work on the Monday, I think I told the story to about 16 different people. And they were like, oh, not this story again. We know you went here. We know you did that. We know there was a random Bayern Munich fan who washed for a photo in the toilet. And just, it was the most incredible Story day. I've not heard before. No, no. So basically, right, we like it. Okay. Is this safe from I was being completely, on air? completely clean. <laughs> we went to the, um, the Olympic Park. <laughs> And the old Munich where they had like a, a, mm-hmm. a fan stadium. You went to the wrong place, Dan.
0: Oh, that, I mean, yeah. The final was at yeah, the Allianz. Yeah. <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> so we were there. We like. What we were know, you watching?
3: We had a few beers, and there was a, there was a, there was a Bar Munich legends against Chelsea legends, and I had obviously a few beers and stars. I had to go to the toilet, so I went in there, and you know, was anyone, then in, in walks a uh, Bayern Munich fan with a full like and a mm. whole lot. Of the of them about with Lederhosen yeah. on, were And the baby goes, Oh Chelsea, Chelsea, like who oh, the mm, Chelsea yeah. London? Can I have, or, can or, have a phone shot I was like. Or can I just like you know let, let me let, I meet at the top of the stairs. So anyway, took a photo. He goes let me have your email. I send you a photo. And I was oh, like, oh
0: wow,
3: okay. So I basically I've got i got the email address. I this use isn't for, the toilet, was it? No, this is the top of the toilet. Okay. So I've got the email address I use for um like you know ordering stuff online, and so I gave him that one. Gave okay, him Jonathan's. Yeah, I didn't know him at the time. So anyway, <laughs> to cut long story short, about Monday about eleven o'clock, I got a peep on my my phone. And it was from some random address and he was like, Hello Chelsea, here's a photo of you and me. Well done for Champions League. Wow. <laughs> Fair play though. Yes. Fair it's play to that. Yes. Well
2: well done for yeah, the Champions like, League. Yeah, I, mean, I
3: said I said thank you. It was it was it was the most incredible. I mean that I mean arguably, aside from my wedding, in case she's listening, it was, it was <laughs> the second
0: greatest day of your life. Yeah. Like it was for me I though. Mean, I started my wedding speech.
3: <laughs> yeah, I started my wedding speech just saying to be honest I've not been this nervous since Drogba stepped up in Munich and there was about half the audience that laughed that got football and half the guests were like what What's he talking about did
0: you say that in your wedding <laughs> t- first
2: did line? you yeah. brilliant yeah. brilliant
0: yeah. Jig? well I think you know it's a good job he didn't say I haven't been this nervous since Matter went up and took the I, to I, but I called
3: you, I said to him, he's going to miss because he missed like burning me in the carpet. Yeah, I I, know. Said to him, I said to my friend <laughs>
0: it was Louis, Louise was the one that he's really getting, he's going miss that, this. he's going to miss absolutely this absolutely yeah. was just brilliant the way he yeah. ran up well, yeah, I mean, just a remarkable day. I mean, uh, talk about the Bayern fans, actually. I mean, they were so... There was obviously so many of them there. What, what I didn't realise, although I feel I perhaps should have done, but they're quite derided in Germany. They're like the, they're mm. the Man United of Germany. In other words, they have a lot of fans from all over Germany and all over the world. And I, I th- that, don't think that goes down particularly well. They were so... They thought they won it. I mean, they absolutely. They thought. I mean, I was there early in the morning, and in the uh, Munich, what's the big central uh, Oster Plaza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they were so confident, and they, that's why they were they were full of bonhomie and being really lovely and friendly to us, and you know, because they, I think they were just so confident they were going to win, and then there was that. Unser a Pockel, or under a Our stadium, our cup of, Yeah, you whatever. know, they're big on... Un- and I think, the, you know, the minute I saw that, I thought, yeah, is Schadenfreude is one of my yeah. favourite words, how appropriate that I'm going to see it in Germany. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I saw Alex yeah. Stewart on the way out of the game and I was like, oh,
3: Alex, Alex, is it better than the Ashes? And he went, yeah, much better than the
2: Ashes. <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> yeah. I never really? knew that. Yeah. that, that funny. Funny. I, I spoke to Darren Barker, actually, oh, the really? midway. Oh, Darren's boxer. a good lad. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a year or so after that, as he was bidding yeah. for... World Championship glory, of course. Daniel be I think maybe twenty-two or around that time, and uh, he's got some great stories of that night. To be fair, yeah. in the in the the hotel pool or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. speaking with the guy because they just stayed up all night, yeah, didn't yeah. they? The place. Yeah, yeah. didn't go to bed.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I then then I got home at like six in the morning, and then she goes, "Oh, do you want to go to the, the uh, parade?" I'm like, "Yeah, went to the parade," and then. I think, like, 8 o'clock on Sunday night, not slept since Friday morning. I was like, that was it. I just, like, fell asleep. Yeah. I, was, I got on the Guinness the minute I got to the pub at 7 o'clock in the morning, all right? Yeah. The, the
0: actual
2: actually. Guinness or the clear Guinness?
0: It was This was the actual yeah. Guinness. <laughs> yeah. It was It was,
3: It was. was just, like, one of those days, just like, I can close my eyes and remember every second of, you yeah. know, getting to Gatwick at 3 in the morning, the coach get the ticket, the game, my phone dying at, like, 8 o'clock because, obviously, I didn't have a charger and it's you know my particular phone has got a really useless battery life and then getting home plugging my phone in my phone exploding with text messages and but i think also the highlight was um knocking talking about the champions league that well, really was I, a, well i well yeah. i never
0: forget i mean when you know obviously you wanted i mean i had a fl- a flight to catch back that night cuz i could only yeah. get in and out on the day yeah. so i was really annoyed that i had to go because you just wanted to soak it up for as long as you could and obviously a whole load of songs were kicking off but actually within about 2 minutes of us you know, lifting the trophy, players all celebrating. Uh, Are you watching Tottenham yeah. sparked up from the whole of the Chelsea end? And I thought that was class. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, that's how it should be. I mean, I, my my kind of
3: thing is because we because we got to like 89th minute before Drogba scored, and we were literally one of the first flights out of Munich. I said, listen, if, let's say for this corner, if nothing happens, let's go because I don't want to be here full time. And then corner comes in, trouble scores. Mm. The rest and is the history. Rest is absolute history.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned the youth team, guys, and, and the fact that the youth will learn from this. One of those players, or not really, to be 23 years old now, but this game, like you said, Chidge, 25th of February, a player who may well be back if we're to read a lot into certain social media posts Mr. this Chief. week, Mr. Ruben mm. loftus Yeah,
3: I mean, there, there was some talk that it was more like March. I think um, somebody, we went to... Chidge and I went to a, a Paul Canneville event. We did, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago. One of the... Um, Eddie Newton was there. One of the, yeah. the people there pulling to one side. Apparently, apparently so has it. he's not going really back until March. But he's back, he's back out kicking he, the ball, which is encouraging. He's definitely
0: training on his own. He's doing, you know, fitness work with the ball. I, I'm very worried about Loftus-Cheek. That is a horrible injury to get for anybody. But he is a unit... So, mm. you know, that's, I think it's difficult because he's a heavy guy, you know, he's a big guy. He's literally like the, the Probe Outhouse, isn't he? I mean, yeah, huge. And, and, you know, I think there's also a psychological element to injuries like that when you basically get injured without any physical contact because there's always that doubt in your mind. Can it happen again? I will be amazed if we really see anything out of Loftus' cheek so this next, year. Yeah, I mean, I think it? he might come back, but... He won't be. What, what I hope is that... It's a bit like we've seen with Hudson Odoi, really. You know, don't put too much pressure on him, because that's a really horrible. I mean, well, I mean, you know, sorry, chaps, but uh, when I was young, you know, you would—that was it. That was a career-ending injury. You know, you did your Achilles like that, and you were out. You'd mm. play again, you know. So it's only really recently that you can recover from it. But you know, it's a long, long road back yeah. for him, and I and I just hope that the club and the particularly the supporters don't put too much pressure on him because he's a rare talent. But it could take him a long time yeah, to get I back think. to where he was. And I think you can say the same about Hudson Odoi actually, because if you look at his form, everybody's going around saying, "Oh, why is he playing like this?" He's, you know, and I, I mean, even Mortz when I talked to him on on last Sunday, saying, so, "Yeah, but he's, you know, he's he's kind of lost his touch. He's giving the ball away. He's not. He's doing bad passes." I think it's mental.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And not I think, physical, it's mental. No. Yeah, and I think he's seen as well what's happened while he's been away yeah. and he's going Trying too hard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Snatching at chances, trying to whip crosses in.
3: Pulisic has come in and done yeah. done really, really well. Yeah. And then obviously, Williams, the, the experience amongst a lot of them. Apart from on corners, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, know, you know why when he puts his hand in the air with like one <laughs> finger, he's not going to be the first man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Who so he's aiming for. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, of course, it is Spurs this weekend as well, gents. <laughs> This is the Chelsea Fan Show. By the way, a quick stat before we go to the ads that Chelsea could be the first Premier League team to beat a fellow Premier League team away from home at three different grounds this weekend. Of course, White Hart Lane and Wembley. Will it be the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this Sunday? It's the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Cheech! JK! In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs>
2: the Chelsea fan show here on Love Spot me Matt Beadle, with the boys from the Chelsea fan cast Dan Silver and Stamford Chidge now Chelsea travel to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday for a 4.30pm kick-off we're going to speak to Dan Tracy of the East Spurs podcast in a moment but we finished the last section with a stat and Chidge we're going to start this one with a mm. stat
0: as well we are this is courtesy of our, our good mate actually Rick Glanville who's Chelsea's official historian a really lovely lovely chap um and I think he's been on the show, actually, possibly. But anyway, um, he does the pre-match briefing on the club website. And he's come up with this one. that Apparently, um, Chelsea uh, are unbeaten on new grounds for the last 18 years. Going back to 2001, starting with St Mary's. I won't read the whole list out because there are many. But what an interesting record that is. That uh, we, haven't, we haven't been beaten playing in a, in a new ground for us. For the first time yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Which, of course, the what do they call it? The Tottenham Hotspur American Football Stadium. S- something like that, the yeah. The new White
2: Hart Lane. The yeah. Nike Stadium. Whatever. Various yeah. different names, isn't it? Um, and, of course, someone to tell us about that now is Dan Tracy from the e Spurs podcast. How are you doing, Dan?
1: Not too bad, thank you. Good evening. Good evening, Good evening boss. Dan. Great evening. to have
2: you on the line. Thanks for coming on on Friday. Now, we've done a few stats already, and another one I'm going to throw at you is that Jose Mourinho in 13 games. Against sides he's previously managed, has never lost. Is that record going to be yes, broken on Sunday?
3: Chelsea beat. How yeah, he lost to Man United the other week? We beat Man United four 0 Home
2: fixture. I mean, at home. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did say didn't... that, didn't I? <laughs> no, oh, <I'm laughs> no kidding, I'm kidding. Yes, at home, he's never lost a <laughs> right, home fixture. Okay. Uh,
1: well, yeah, that's a, a good, good stat. It does make me worried slightly because I guess all stats, you know, all records have to be broken at some point. But at the same time, Chelsea aren't in the best form. So it's going to be certainly interesting on Sunday, isn't it?
3: Well, I mean, you, you beat us after like 28 years of Stamford Bridge. So those records, there to be broken, didn't you? A couple of years ago under Conte.
0: And we're also the great yeah. run-enders, aren't we, at the moment? Everybody who's on a really poor run of form seems to win against us at the yeah. moment. I'll tell you what, Dan. I'll be honest with you, mate. You know, Mourinho's done all right. Matt, Matt uh, air was disagreeing vehemently, but... He's done all right with you lot since he's turned up. I'll, I'll give him that. And, and, you know, he's still a very, very good manager. And, and I am worried about Sunday. I really am. But we are a much better side away from home than we are at home. And the way he's got Tottenham playing, which is very un-Mourinho-like, he's kind of retained your best attacking instincts. But you're, you're about as leaky as we are in the back. So I think we will get space to counter-attack you. And that, that kind of fills me with a bit of hope.
1: Yes, I was going to say that the fact that you're better away from home than at Stamford Bridge, so I think the fact that you've lost four out of five, some Tottenham fans are thinking, oh, brilliant, Chelsea are there for the taking, but as you say, away from Stamford Bridge seems to be better, so it's no foregone, foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. There's are certainly going to be goals because of Tottenham's defence, like I say, they're not really, they're not creating that fortress that they had in, say, the last season at White Hart Lane. You know, you look at the kind of personnel that we've got, there's still always a risk in... Sergio Aurier left back, if you've got the tongue in playing left back. He's very good defensively, but he can get exposed when pace is coming at him. So, you know, you look at like a diamond. last week, there could be scope for Chelsea to replicate something like that. So, yeah, I think there's certainly going to be opportunities for Chelsea, but whether they take them is
0: to be a Well, matchup. that's a good yeah. point because we haven't been recently, and that's been a massive, massive problem. But there you go. um Look, how do you how do you feel about being uh, about having Jose in charge? I mean, you know, I I remember the number of times he used to coat you off when when he was a Chelsea manager. How do you have you had a bit of a Damassian conversion to Jose having probably hated him for years or what?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's no secret that Spurs fans didn't like Mourinho when he was managing Chelsea or, you know, any other club, you know, it's just that he was that kind of person, but I think he seems to be a bit more humble at the moment and I think there is that Sort of It'll belief, never last. But...
3: It won't last. No, no. I
1: think there's <laughs> yeah. also that as well that if you, if you appoint Mourinho, you take it at your own risk because yeah. you look at his previous boom and bust cycle that yeah. this is the honeymoon period, there's no doubt about that. And even if we go on and say win the FA Cup, it's going to be all great. But there's always that danger in the back of your mind that, you know, three seasons from now, two seasons from now, it's going to end in some acrimony. But I think, you know, there are still people that have been not necessarily sort of pro pots, but they're still sort of clinging on to that fact that he shouldn't have been sacked. He should have been given all season and all this kind of stuff. But you can't really argue fundamentally what has happened in the last sort of few weeks. The fact that, you know, part of that is playing into the fact that you've lost games. But from going from 12 points from Rino Tocoba to now three points behind, people are starting to sort of warm to the sort of actually, yeah, do you know what, this isn't as bad as we first thought?
3: Mm. I, mean, I mean, do you think the that was going to happen? Potts just had kind of ran out of ideas or was it always a case that, you know, Spurs were just unlucky before was sacked because it was it came out of nowhere. I mean, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, wow!" I w- wasn't expecting that because I know you've been off form. Um, w- w- were you just unlucky from start of the season, or was there just a real kind of potcher has been there, done that, and players are bored with his, you know, his talk and his coaching?
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter, to be honest. I mean, in this day and age, what five and a bit years is a great length of service. Like, you're never going to get a Ferguson or a Wenger type of legacy sure. anymore. So. To, to get that kind of run is quite, you know, success in itself. I think the thing that was Potts' ultimate undoing was before the Champions League He said, if I win this, I'm off. Yeah. And when you say that to a dressing room, it's like, well, hang on, like, you know, you've sort of already checked out why are we going to run through brick walls for you? So I think totally. just...
0: Really dumb just, thing to say, yeah. Dan. I, I, mean, I can't understand why he did that. I well, really exactly. can't. It's like it was basically the millstone around
1: his neck for the start of the season, really. Mm. And when you've got players, not necessarily down in tools, but... You can tell there's just a sort of a, a general malaise, a fatigue around the club. And you just think it's not even down to the sort of luck, really. A lot of the tactical sort of changes and you've sort of got a different formation each week and that's a, almost a sign of desperation when a manager's sort of chopping changing every week and just chucking anything at the wall and hoping it sticks. I just think it it did just come to the end of its sort of natural cycle, sure. really. Unfortunate, but I think that's just what it is.
3: I mean, do you think Daniel Levy's going to back Mourinho? Because obviously there was a lot of talk that, he, you know, the two, the two transmitters out of signing anybody... Do you think there's going to be money to spend? Do you think he'll give Jose, you know, you know, investment in the squad?
1: I think he will. I think whether it's January, it might be too early because there's not never really perceived value in the January market. It's more for sort of desperation rather than desire. I think, you know, like, do Tottenham really need lots of new names right now? Probably not. So I think the money is certainly there to be spent, but I just don't necessarily feel that it's going to be a case of, you know, a big, massive yeah. war chest at the turn of the year. I think it's more about, you know, see what you can do this season and then we'll sort of look at in the summer and actually try and then build from there.
3: Yeah, because I guess for Tonga, um, I'd very well sign a new contract, hasn't he, this week? And then I guess it's trying to get Ericsson to stay. He's the next big target, isn't it?
1: It is, but I think him personally, I think he, he looks like he's mentally checked
2: out. You sort of you hear the. Yeah, do you want him to stay, Dan? Or are you happy to see him go now?
1: Uh, on the basis of performances this season, I'd probably just call it a day, to be honest. I mean, uh, admittedly, that comes with he hasn't done much because he hasn't had many minutes, but the way Tottenham are playing with their attacking fall, you do need to ask yourself, well, where does he fit into that as well? So you never really want to see a player leave for free, but I think it's probably sort of best, maybe if we could tell him in January to get some money. You know, Levy's not a bad businessman by any stretch of the imagination. So if you ask me, you know, which would I rather keep out, of Vertonghen or Ericsson, I'd be asking for Vertonghen right now.
3: Yeah. I mean I'm a massive fan of Son. I just think he's just an incredible player. I love him I love him at Chelsea. I think everything about him is as a character, as a person, as a player, I think he's just absolutely brilliant. I mean, is he, is he very popular with the Spurs lot or?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just you can't sort of fault the guy. I mean, he's just he comes across as a generally nice bloke and he's just his talents you know, people say he's underrated, but I think he's sort of he where he's where he is at the moment. I don't think he's quite sort of a that top top calibre of like mm-hmm. world beater, but I think he's very, very good, and I think he's almost the sort of young son hero. You'll s- slightly pardon the punch. Yeah. What time <laughs> so, do yeah.
3: do? Yeah, no, so, I, think he's, I think he's outstanding. I think he, I mean, he and Kane, I just think he just, as, as a kind of partnership, are just uh, so dangerous. We've got to really be careful of those two because, you know, Kane can, you know, create a goal out of anything. Mm.
0: So, Dan, look, uh, back to Mourinho. Um, is there a sense for you that? you know, you're prepared to put up with what might happen, i.e. it all ending in tears with palpable discord, because what he might do for you is in a sense what he did for Chelsea back in 2004, which is to get Chelsea over the line and and instil a winning mentality, which, you know, a trophy winning mentality, if you like, which, with due respect, you know, that's what Tottenham have been missing, certainly for the last 10 years. Is that what your hope is, that... He can get in there, change the mentality, win you something, and then off you go. And then he can disappear back to probably Real Madrid or whoever else is on the list next.
1: Yeah, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, it's a case of Tottenham were perceived as a good club. Not everyone's sort of favourite, neutral sort of club, but, you know, someone who's easy on the eye. They play good football. But over that span of Pochettino, we didn't win anything. So now it's a case of, if you can get Mourinho in, and he actually... Wins you a trophy, you might start, you know, performing the dark arts and be a bit more nasty. You might not be as likable as what you were a few seasons back, but if that actually gets you over the line and, like you say, creates and installs that winning mentality, then surely the ends have to justify the means. So, for me personally, I think yeah, that's sort of the right direction we need to go in.
3: Yeah, you'd rather win trophies and be liked, wouldn't you? What's that? You'd rather win trophies and be liked. Hell yeah. Well, you would.
1: I think you would. To be honest, I think you know, you you look at like the great Holland scene from nineteen seventy and seventy four and all that, and you think, well, you know they argue about they could be the world's best ever team, but they didn't win the World Cup, no. did they? So you yeah. don't ever want to be the nearly men. You don't want to no. look back in history. And no-one's going to remember, really, the FA Cup or the Champions League runners-up in 10 years' time. You don't. You just look about what who won what. So I think Tottenham need to be part of that conversation, mm. not just yeah. be a team that played nice football.
0: So what what do you want, ideally, Dan, trophy-wise? League League Cup uh, or an FA Cup's not going to cut it, surely?
1: Well, we're not in the League Cup because we've got dumped oh, out by true Tom Chester, So, yeah... Um, I think this season, I think an FA Cup looks the most viable option. I think when Reno took over, I think everyone was putting their eggs in the FA Cup basket and thinking, if we can just get that, that would be great. But now the sort of top four landscape has changed, I wouldn't say dramatically, but it's obviously it's, it's a race now. And I think, you know, it's not necessarily a case of overall. or. If we can win on Sunday, then you are sort of in po- pole position. So you think, you know, why not top four again? And people argue, you know, top four is a trophy in itself. But I think. Tottenham are just desperate to win something. You know, 11 years for a club of this stature is too long. So I think an FA Cup wouldn't necessarily paper over the cracks or anything like that, but it would be a great way to end this rather tumultuous season.
3: Well, I guess you that winning mentality which Jose did when he won the League Cup with us in February that that gets yeah. all those players got it going. That mentality it? of winning a trophy and then kick on from there.
2: Indeed, Dan, you mentioned there whether you're going to win on Sunday. Are you going to win on Sunday? just three points separating the sides now in the Premier League. So how big is this game? Can you win it?
1: I think we can. yeah. I think to be honest, to Chelsea, it's more a do not lose than a must win for us. I think it is a must win. We need, need to sort of uh, really put our stake in the ground. So I think we're going to edge it two one. To be honest,
2: Dan, great having you on, boss. Yeah, Thanks cheers, for coming mate. on tonight. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good luck. Not a problem. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Dan Tracy of the E Spurs podcast. There, a must not lose for Chelsea. We are going to be discussing that That's and an everything point. else that yeah. Dan said. That said, there. Sorry, here on the Chelsea fan show. On our sport. Love sport. It is the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Spot. Me, Matt Beadle, with the guys on the Chelsea Fancast, Stanford Chidge and Dan Silver. We just spoke to Dan Tracy there from the E Spurs Podcast. Now, gents, he said this was a must not lose game for Chelsea on Sunday. It is, by the way, the first time the club could lose three consecutive Premier League games for the first time since Mourinho's last ill-fated end of era back in 2015. Is this a must not lose for Chelsea?
3: I think everything about it so is a must not lose, you know, just from terms of where we are in the league, from a, a fan perspective as well, because there's a real rivalry with Spurs. I think it, I think it is a game we, you know, a draw will be, a, you know, I think everyone will be happy with a draw, to be honest. Mm. I just think if we lose, then Spurs have the momentum with a much more experienced manager. A manager's one won stuff. It, it, It does kind of, you know, put
0: us... You know,
3: behind, behind the lines it works well, that, if... that's the trouble Dan when, yeah.
0: when, when everything's with him and the players are with him particularly the Mourinho's are still a very good manager i do I do still wonder whether he's become a bit of, a, you know, of, an, of an anachronism that he hasn't moved with the times. And I think this is ultimately why it all ends in tears because the environment gets toxic because the players won't, they just won't put up with him for more than a year or two. But in that year or two, he is still a very capable manager, not least because he's a great tactician. He's got great in-game management and he always has, has done. It's perhaps the people management around that that can be questioned. Is it a must-lose game? I mean, that's a good question. Every every year I've ever been supporting Chelsea, I would have absolutely wouldn't have even hesitated to say, of course it's a must a must win game, let alone a must not lose Mm. game, because it's Tottenham, you know, it's our biggest rivalry it's the, it's the match we have to... I mean, you remember Bournemouth? When we were all at Bournemouth? Yeah, beat, and we were absolutely yeah. dogs at the, that time, weren't we? And we all st- started singing, beat, don't lose to Tottenham, yeah. you better... Well, we can't actually repeat beat, it. Yeah. But the influence was, you better not lose to Tottenham. The last mm. 10 minutes of the game, I yeah. think it was under... And then so it's serious. The, Leic- the Leicester year, wasn't it? When Leicester won the league. But, <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. But, 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 but... Um, this year, it is different. We are not... We are. We are so different as a team... As a club, from where we have been before, I think it's. I, I nearly said this to Dan. Actually, it's quite weird, isn't it, when you look at the positions of the teams. In a sense, you could have would have expected Chelsea to have done more, what Tottenham have done, and Tottenham to have been where Chelsea mm-hmm. have been in the league this season. It's a bit of a role reversal. So you know, if you'd have asked me before the season started that Tottenham would be languishing languishing in 14th, with a you know a quarter of the season, I'd have laughed. I mean, they were in the Champions League final. Mm. They're clearly a decent team. They're an established team. Um so to see them where they were was a surprise, but it's just too tough to call. I mean, mm-hmm. on paper you'd say Tottenham are the better side. You'd have to. So, you know, you would expect them to win at home. But, but then you've got Lam- you know, Lampard who it gets It pains me to say it. Yeah, but, but then you've got Frank Lampard who gets what it is to beat Spurs and not see the Can to lose he get them up for it? That's the thing. Can he can he come oh, up yeah. with a plan? I mean here's the thing, Dan. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about. You're right. Frank gets it. He knows and Jody they yeah. know how important it is to us they know how important Frank used to tweet out about Tottenham making a DVD did, did, if they got when, to a final loss he knows when they got, of, when they got what it's about. against Chelsea yeah, yeah. Yeah. he knows secondly he worked under Mourinho for five seasons there's nobody in that Premier League managing the Premier League who knows how Mourinho ticks better than Frank Lampard no. thirdly he's already got one over on him once when he took Derby County up to, to Old Trafford and beat Mourinho when he was the manager mm. of Man United last year in the Caribou Cup so he's done it before he can do it again.
2: I completely mm. agree in terms of in and you think about whether this is the right fixture or the wrong fixture. Would it have been better to have had a Southampton who of course you've got next? Would that have been better to have been in this fixture? But I don't think it is. I think it's the perfect fixture. It's a, be a, tonic. It's a, it's a big yeah. it's yeah. a
0: big team, big reaction needed. We've, they you know. played well against City. Yeah. They played well against Liverpool. Yeah. They Twice. were lucky to 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 lose Twice against yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. You know, maybe I I think actually do you know what? I think m- maybe this is where the the older more established players come to the fore I think the youngsters whiz around like lunatics being up for it anyway but I think that the, the, it, it gets the juices going for the older more experienced players you know maybe then you know classic not going to turn up on a really freezing cold day playing against Bournemouth mm. but they've got a chance to beat I mean you know they all know what it's about to beat look at Aspie in the, in yeah. the League Cup semi-final Cup, last year last, yeah. how absolutely ballistic he went when we won they know what it's about I think they might turn up actually on Sunday got a good feeling Let's
2: hope they do. Let's hope they do. Well, gents, this is the last Chelsea fan show before we get to the new year. Mm -hmm. So let's just
0: have a little look and reflect
2: on the past 12 months and look ahead to the games before... The new year as well like i said it is southampton it's arsenal a feisty feisty oh, fixture yeah. that's going to be on the 29th of december of course an arsenal now managed is, by is, Michael arteta is he going to
0: turn up for that is one? he
2: going to turn up
0: so he's decided not to bother against managing his, against his former side mm,
2: interesting huh uh, and then of course brighton on new year's day but let's reflect gents on the past year at chelsea it started with sarri it mm-hmm. ended with lamps how's it been for you dan
3: uh, we won a trophy we came third we got rid of arguably one of the most unpopular managers in recent years, and brought in a Chelsea legend. Said, so "Listen, it's you know if you you know you tell me every year we're going to win a trophy, I'd be happy." I mean, you know, we we, we smashed Arsenal, came third. Put you know above Spurs, our worst ever season in four years, and we still win a trophy. Yeah. I say it's Chelsea. You know, I've, I've been through so yeah. roller much, coaster, mate, isn't it? So much rubbish. When you get to fourth round the FA Cup, you're delighted. You know that was an achievement twenty five years ago.
0: Yeah, but you know, and I, I agree with yeah. you, as you know. But I think I think it, it's right to respect the views of both the older ones and the younger yeah. ones who will retort and say, "Yes, but we are not that club anymore, no, Dan." But so that's... you can't you can't languish. In that sentiment, because you know, we expect more,
3: we expect more, but then you think, well, you know, that's still part of our history, you know. I
0: agree. Look, you know me, I'm old school, uh. I, I go to the football for a good day out with my mates in the expectation that it'll be ruined by 98 yep. minutes of football, still, <laughs> and you won't ever change that. But, uh, you know, like everybody, I get that. I mean, I was really really fed up after losing to Bournemouth the other week because it was a t- yeah. you know it was just an inept display in a sense it was really what was interesting was how angry Frank was after that match as well and i do wonder in a sense whether this could be a mixed blessing that on the one hand he's very much a chelsea fan i think emotionally he he's in the same place as we are and that can be good because he gets it, but I also wonder if it means he doesn't have enough distance from it when it goes mm-hmm. a bit pear so shaped. His judgment a little bit. I mean he keeps saying this, he keeps saying, Well, you know, everybody's been going on about how brilliant we are, but I've been saying no 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 you know. It'd be interesting to see that. Um one thing I want to say, Matt, please before, do before uh we go is you know, thank everybody for listening this year and hope they all have a very happy yeah. Christmas and new year because we won't get the opportunity to do that before Christmas. So yeah. we hear, can get hear. that in first. Here, here,
2: yeah. yeah, before it's too late. I yes. like that, Gigi. Yes. Because actually, not only is it the end of the year, gents, it's
3: the end of a decade. is, isn't if it? If we're
2: going to say where we started, it was with the double, yeah. right, in 2010. Yeah.
3: Ten, ten
0: trophies. Double, Pretty double, decent, double. Yeah. Three John years. Terry has won oh, the double. That, you know, and the from the lane of one again. again. Yeah, I mean, what's how appropriate? Three European, Very appropriate. three European
3: trophies in that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? We are officially, and this is a fact, this is a Rafa fact and a Chidge fact. Facts. Chelsea are the team of the decade. We have won more trophies than any other team this decade, mate. Is that right? It's a fact. Yeah. Wow. And arguably... I mean, if you did a kind of one of those little bar charts or one of those, you know, graph things, if, if we've been up and down like a yo-yo league position-wise, and we've still won more trophies than any other English side in the, in, in the, in the competitions this, this decade. Uh, we've had as many managers as We've trophies. had more managers than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. We've had more absolute combustions than anybody else. This, my friend, is what Sporting Chelsea is all about and always has been. We're mad. Absolutely bonkers as a club.
3: Good friend Marco, were a glorious unpredictability. <laughs> glorious
0: unpredictability. Well, Marco, Matt knows well. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: Yeah, no, it's, been, it's been great. I mean, you know, ten ten trophies. It's been it's been it's been it's been a rollercoaster. Three of European five. trophies in yeah. a
0: decade, mate. That's nuts, isn't it? You Think about it. Two of them with yeah. managers we hated. Yeah, I love it. Well,
2: that's the crazy thing, it's isn't really it? Titles. Because you talk about. I mean, I imagine the clincher was the clincher, of the most recent Europa League yeah. in terms of the most amount yeah. of trophies <laughs> won by Maurizio Sarri. Yeah, weirdly, right.
3: weirdly, I did this thing on Twitter. About who you know after who was more popular, Rafa or um, Sari, and Sari won, which I was very surprised about. Yeah, it was quite close. It was like Brexit close, but Sari was the most unpopular manager. Was there really? a, was that could you could you abstain from that vote? I I just put the poll out. I didn't know none of it. the above. Yeah, I, I put the poll out. Could you
0: could you like do what you do in the election, kind of spoil the ballot paper or something? No, I couldn't no do that, I'd have done Twitter that.
3: Twitter talks. I got quite it got quite a few votes <laughs> actually. It was like who who was the least popular manager? Wow. well Well, maybe Rafa's forgotten
2: gents it's been nothing but a pleasure before you go of course Spurs like we said this Sunday half four how's it going to end up
0: there's going to be goals I think definitely because neither team can defend And because I'm really feeling positive and I can't abide the idea of losing to Tottenham I'm going to say 3-2 to the Chelsea brilliant Dan two or draw yeah 2-2 2-2 two, two. but I would like to
3: see a 6 I, mate I'm with you <laughs> on that
0: I mean heart says we're going to win yeah. head says we're going to lose so it's probably going to be a draw yeah, but I'm still sticking draw. with
2: 3-2 lovely stuff well this has been the Chelsea Fan Show as Stanford said for 2019 and Merry Christmas yeah, Merry to Merry you all Christmas. have a great new year we'll Thanks see you listening. next year in 2020 we will
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from LoveSport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at LoveSport Radio on Twitter.
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ,